0: here it is the most listened to radio show on the planet even the other stations are tuned in too
1: my name is david kaufman outreach coordinator at the sebring terror trail and you are listening to the coaster challenge podcast hi it's heather i'm the co-owner of the 17th door haunted house and you are listening to the coaster challenge podcast
2: hey this is jeff tucker from knott's Berry Farm, and you're listening to the coaster challenge podcast Hello, this is David Cantu, the creator of the Haunted Storage Yard here in Burbank, California, celebrating its ninth season, and you're listening to a very special haunt series of the Coaster
1: Challenge podcast.
0: Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? I accept the Coaster Challenge, do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. It's time to face your fears.
1: Get that theme park therapy and let us go through your Coaster ears. challenge. Podcast is here. Your fear can disappear.
0: We know that theme park therapy can drive all your tears. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster
1: Challenge? We accept because you know we're not average.
0: You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your hosts, Andrew Locke.
1: Hey everyone, this is Andrew, one of the producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast with you. We've got a very, very special guest here today for one of our haunt episodes here for our third season. For many people, theme park haunts are a fairly recent pursuit, something that they maybe have started enjoying over the past 10 to 15 years. They've becoming more and more popular over that time. But the reality is that theme park haunts have been around for a much, much longer time. And in fact, the original theme park haunt is celebrating its 50th season this year, which is just wild. So today, very excited! We're going to be talking about all about the 50 year history, 50 year history of this theme park on. Huh? So, joining us once again, the only guest who have been on every single season of our podcast thus far. A warm welcome back to Jeff Tucker from Not Scary Farm. Hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm I'm great. I'm I'm in the thick of it, so I'm great. Good <laughs> you're to be in back. The, you're in the thick of the fog, I'm guessing. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, so Jeff, we're going to do two things today The one, I already kind of mentioned the other, uh, you know, I'll mention right now, but the first is, is looking back at the past, you know, 49 years, you know, five decades, if you will, of Scary Farm. And as uh, you, as someone that's been involved with Scary Farm for a long time now, working at Knott's for over 25 years, you're probably, uh, you know, one of the best authorities out there to talk about it. And I know you're, you know, really big on the history of Scary Farm. So I'm looking forward to discussing that, looking at the past, but also looking at the present and the future, which is this 50th year, this upcoming season here of Scary Farm and uh, what's going on with that. So we'll talk about that, you know, at the latter part, the second half of the interview. But first, let's talk about the history of the past. So first of all, for you personally, Jeff, now this doesn't necessarily refer to you working at, at Knots. This is you just being a guest at Knotts. When was the first time that you attended not Scary Farm? 1987 1987 1987, yeah wow so almost 30 years ago
2: yeah i was uh i was in high school uh i knew about scary farm but uh the, the the commercials on tv and the commercials on radio uh were terrifying and i was like i'm not going there that sounds terrifying and 1987 i was uh 16 and my uh my friends were like, Hey, we're going. So you want to go? And I was like, this is it. Let's go. Because it's, it's a rite of passage here in Southern California. You know, right, right. Uh, it's, it's a Halloween tradition. You get your friends and you go to not scary farm when you're a teenager and it it, it becomes a lifelong passion because you, 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 you chase that first high, you know, right, that first time right. you went, you don't know what it is. You know, that it's scary. You've got all these uh ideas of what it might be and then what it is, is it surpasses all of that.
1: It was great. Right. That's that's fantastic. So 87. And I I uh you know, we're recording this here on a Friday, and I've had a very busy week, a very busy, well, weeks, months, I've been well, traveling you're, a lot. And you're so my mystery my, cruise. Yeah, I'm on a i am on love cruises, yeah. <laughs> we could have, we could have a whole we could have a whole podcast conversation where you interview me about cruises. Well, your 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 posts are always uh,
2: had a great cruise, had a great time. And then the next day, it's like, starting the cruise. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like you never touch land. You're like, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Orlando Bloom in Pirates of Caribbean. You never touch dry land at the end.
1: <laughs> well, I think, no, that's very well put. And, uh, you know, kind of another thing that's been said about me recently by a very close friend of mine, my friend Freddie, uh, that's so true, is he said that I officially have achieved tourist status here in orlando where i technically live you know (laughs) i'm here about as often as a lot of tourists are but yeah no i've been been traveling you know to to, uh, cruises in vegas and going to parks i did a big midwest road trip um doing you know a trip as i was just mentioning before we start recording a 10-day trip out to california amongst other things to go to scary farm for more than once for the first time ever in a given season got my season pass for it for the first time ever. that's the thing right
2: yeah there's so much to do
1: at scary farm it takes more than one night Oh, yeah. Yeah. This way I don't have the pressure I can because the way I usually do Scary Farm, it's running around like like a madman, you know, because I only got that one night versus the other haunts that I go to, you know, like Halloween Horror Nights here in Orlando um you know which is tonight's the first night uh you know so i'm excited about that but i'm not stressed about it like i so to speak would be with scary farm because i've got my frequent fear pass and i'm going to go you know 8 10 12 15 times or whatever many times i go uh with different friends and all that so i've got the time to really take it all in but scary farm i usually have to rush it and i still enjoy it jeff but it's probably i'm probably not if i'm not sinking in as much as it could otherwise. So that's why this year I'm really excited, you know, to do the the the, um, the the season pass and do several nights. And I'm going with different friends, you know, there in California, people visiting. So it's going to be, you know, really special. I think I'm really excited about it. So sure, it's going to be great. Yeah. Lots of travel, lots of travel. But again, with everything, all the travel I've got going on, everything else I got going on, I, I'm usually really good at math, but I screwed up the math here. And I'm first to admit it. Um, so 87, that's actually almost 40 years. So to say that? what's wrong with you? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you've been going to Scary Farm for, you know, basically what's about 30, 36, 37 years yeah. uh, or being even, involved with it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I even went to the first night of Universal's Horror Nights in Hollywood. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, the first ever. The first oh. ever, they, they didn't even know what they were doing. I was, it was bewildering. Uh, it was so crazy. When you exited, they had people with clipboards. Uh, would you like to give your opinion? I was like, sure. <laughs> I'll give you my, I, I didn't work any, you know, I worked at, uh, gosh, and what? That was 90, They would say it was 91 or 92. Remember? Right. It was 90 right. or 91. I was working at Spencer Gifts. So I was like, yeah, I know a little bit about Halloween selling costumes. Because, you know, Spencer Gifts created spirit because, the spirit right. stores used to be inside the Spencer gifts. That was what we, we did all of our business in Halloween at Spencer gifts. So oh, I sure. was involved in selling all you know, Halloween masks, costumes, display items for your yard back before that stuff was popular.
1: That's crazy. Wow. You've been at the forefront of so much, you know, from that and, you know what you told us about the first time i interviewed you in season 1 talking about building your uh, your haunt your and your uh, at your home there with all those yeah. doors the, with all the doors yeah yeah <laughs> it's just wild wild so yeah, so almost 40 years now you've been you've been uh involved with scary farm one way or another either as a guest or uh, you know more recently certainly you know as someone who helps create the event. so that okay you definitely clearly are an authority so that's i mean i already knew that anyway i didn't realize it went back that far that's awesome so with those you know 36 years or so of going to scary farm or being involved with scary Farm uh, and this this next question this could be again you being as a guest earlier on or being involved with you know creating scary Farm each year talk about some of your favorite memories you're a great storyteller Jeff talk about some of your favorite scary farm memories from the past well
2: in 1987 I went with my high school friend Toby and he didn't quite grasp the concept of the log ride it was done up as a uh, Bigfoot's mountain. And at the, at the apex of it, there was a big foot with a, a, a big log on a rubber bungee, and he would throw it down at you and then pull it back up. And uh, Toby thought he could run. So he spent the whole ride running behind me in place with his arms and legs pumping. And I kept going, Toby, you can't go anywhere. And that was such an amazing, like, he's trying to get
1: away. It was great. So he was sitting in the log, on the log plume, and, and, and trying to get away? Yeah, trying to run. Yeah, it was great. I mean, is this Fantastic. guy just a or was he really trying to get away? I mean, oh, he, was he, terrified. Terrified. Wow. he was terrified. 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 Wow. Wow. So now that was that that first year that you went in 87? Yeah, that was the first year. Yeah. Okay. So was that a, a, like a, like a, just a, a basic animatronic or just like a dummy? That no, was, was a guy in a costume. That was a guy in a costume back yeah. then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then the other so, thing, and I can
2: remember it like it was yesterday, we went to the uh, haunted shack. And I, I believe it was toxic chem where it was a toxic waste spill. So they had mutants and giant bugs. And we got stopped right at the front, you know, because they were metering as people went in. We got stopped right at the front. And I stopped and I knew the guy at the front. It was a guy who was like an advisor at high school for the drama department, of which I was a big part of. And I realized, oh, all the drama kids graduate and then move on to events like this where you can still do the drama kid thing. And that was a big click in my head. Like, Oh, that's something to aspire to because it's all acting and and drama and it's all ra- wrapped up in that. So that was really cool.
1: Nice. That's, that's, yeah, that's really awesome. That's really cool. I have a little small world story there. You know, your are uh, the first story you mentioned, uh, you know, about your friend there that was so scared on the log ride there, Tim around log ride. So uh <laughs> that you know we're not doing a normal interview here today jeff but if you were going through and you you i remember i I did this with you with your first interview kind of asking you a question like this about uh you know the craziest moment on a ride or a theme park attraction or whatnot that would be a great crazy moment right there is you know someone that's so scared on a haunted log ride attraction that they're trying to run away and get away and they're sitting down they can't get anywhere and how scared they are that's great and you, you know also mentioned you know as you confirm that it was someone in a, in a costume it was a scare actor yeah. uh you know a creature and you know i know things have changed over the years at scary farm for various reasons uh you used to have live actors on on the timber mountain long riding you know, on the halloween hootenanny and on the calico mine ride and and so forth and i know like especially with calico after you guys did that wild and you know really great you know multi-million dollar refurbishment what, what was it i don't know 10 years ago or so you you couldn't really have live actors in there anymore because they would you know potentially damage the the theming and all the all the work you guys did. And you're trying to protect that investment, so you guys are doing technology things and and really nice things. Actually, it's been getting better and better with the the plussing up of uh, of, Calico, of Calico Mine Ride for Scary Farm, and I think you got, again that keeps getting better and better without live actors. But I remember you know I have not been going to Scary Farm as long as you, Jeff. First year for me, I think was 2000 or so. But back in those days, you would still have the live actors and have them with the chainsaws on, you know, on the log ride and, you know, all that wild stuff. And, and I I feel lucky that I can have those experiences because, again, things are different these days. So,
2: yeah, it's just a matter of the the rehab. You don't want people uh, or, or decor because it's very um, invasive putting all that decor
1: in there. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's delicate and you don't want to, you don't want to damage anything. Totally makes sense. But, but
2: you know, we did, uh, did you experience the Calico mine ride with the Witch's
1: Keep? What year was that? Was that that was, too- yeah, was just a few years ago. It wasn't that long ago. I think if it was in 2021, because that sounds familiar. I don't know. Because we, yeah. we did a thing during the day where the mine gets turned
2: to candy. So there's right. all these big candy props in there and all the miners are talking about how they've uh, they've struck a vein of chocolate and we're going to pursue it all the way and that <laughs> sort of thing. And I wrote I wrote all the dialogue. I did it was of great course. because we had to uh take a hike through the through the ride like on foot. And I had to write all this all the locations that they wanted audio and then take like a picture of what the character looked like, what he was doing so that the audio would make sense, right?
1: Right, right. So we
2: did that for the day, and then we we switched over to the night. They did witches keep, but you still have this. You have all this candy. So the story became the witch is luring children into the mine with the candy,
1: right, and right. then she's
2: then she's eating the children. Right, right. So I wrote all this dialogue where you can hear the children like, "Let's go in there. That looks like fun." And oh my gosh, I. I'm lost. I can't get out. And then the final scene is like, the, the kids are terrified. We, we brought these actors in and they did a great job. And you hear the witch destroying them and eating them. And I remember online reading like, that's over the line, Knots. You know, that's over the <laughs> line. And I'm like, I, I didn't, I, is there one? I know there is yeah. a line, but usually it's about, you know, uh, nudity and that kind of thing. But right. this, this was just audio. Like right, there's no, there's no representations of children in the riot or anything like that. Nothing like that. Uh, I just was like, wow, the power of just lights out audio. You can do almost anything and really scare people.
1: Right, right. No, absolutely. No, I have experienced that based on your description. It does ring a bell of, I, I think it was in 2021. And then last year, there was something similar, certainly, the The Calico Mine Ride again during Scary Farm was very creepy. It stopped in a couple of sections for the storytelling, creepy yeah. music, and the dialogue. So, yeah, I don't yeah. think uh, yeah.
2: they advertise it anymore because they don't want people to get their hopes up that there's going to be actors in there. Like it's it's just right. a walkthrough through. It's just right. a quick overlay. It's nothing to. It's it's not worth a three hour line if you advertise it as a big attraction. Right. You get a three hour line, and the people are like, I can't believe I waited three hours, and
1: it's just <laughs> audio. So so this year, uh, Jeff, you know, and again, we're going to talk more about this season, the 50th season here la- later on. But um, is the Calico Mine right going to have that kind of witches or something similar overlay during Scary Farm where it's got uh, those creepy moments? You know, I don't know. You don't There's know.
2: There's a lot going on that I'm not privy to because I'm right. sort of stuck in my my corner so right. if it is if it is, they're not advertising it for the very reasons I just explained.
1: Right, of course, of course. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to check it out. I love that ride anyway, so I always try to do it when I'm there at, at the farm, even, even during the day. So, I, you know, with the three days I'm going to be there, the three nights, I should say, I'm sure I'll have time to check it out. Sure, sure. You know, yeah, and you mentioned the, the people, you know, reviewing online, saying it went over the line, you know. <laughs> I guess this is a fun story to tell you. You definitely appreciate this. So as you mentioned, I've been going a lot of cruises and uh, in particular, I've been doing a lot of Royal Caribbean cruises on various ships. But one of the ships I've been going on numerous times because it does a lot of weekend cruises out of Port Canaveral, right near Orlando, here I live. It's very easy. You know, it works with my schedule. It's called the Independence of the Seas. Now, they change up the shows on the ship to some degree. But there's certain things are the same. And one of the things that's the same is the cruise director. You know, he's not going to change each week just because I'm getting on the ship again to make it different for me. Obviously, it's not about me. So it's the same cruise director. His name's Dennis. Really funny guy. And because he's there all the time, he's going to, you know, he's doing the opening acts. He's, He's introducing, you know, the comedians and the variety acts. And by the way, Ed Alonso, of course, you know, Ed Alonso.
2: Yeah, sure. He's a good. Right. Friend. Yeah.
1: He was on one of those cruises on the independence recently and I got to see him. And in fact, it's in the other room, but I was sitting up front with my friend and he actually gave me one of his props. He handed oh, that's, it to me. That's that's awesome. yeah. yeah. He's great. I love magic, but anyways, getting back to my story. So when he does the uh, adult comedy show, which is the one I always go to the late night comedy show, he, you know, were people 18 and up only. And, you know, if you get offended easily, you might want to leave. And he always says the same thing, which is he says, now, if you get offended easily, what I recommend you do is you leave right now, you go down to deck one, go to the medical center, and they'll remove that rod from your ass very quickly. And, <laughs> you know, So, you know, it's just that people get offended so easily these days. And we're, you know we're going to talk more about that later with one of the things that's coming back to sure, Scary sure. Farm this year. But uh, yeah, I mean, I love that you guys really, and this is one of the things that makes Scary Farm you know, Scouts Honor. Not just because I'm talking to you. My favorite theme park haunt. I love Harnix. I'm going tonight. I'm excited for opening night, opening weekend. But Scary Farm is where it's at for me. And one of the things about it is you guys don't have that limit that other theme parks do in terms of uh, where you stop them, where they stop themselves. You know, you guys really push things in various ways in how scary it is and how you know non PC the humor can be. You know, even oh, even the past few years you know, you guys with, um, with the great puppet up show. I mean, that is very inappropriate and I love it. It's hilarious.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, and I was glad to do it while it was still there. It's not there this year. It's you there. can it's see
2: one guys. behind yeah. me right here.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice little Muppet behind you there from Henson company. Very nice. So yeah. So I love that you guys do that. So actually that that's a good, uh, you know, segue here into the next couple of questions. So, Again, you guys have been around for 50 years and I talked, I just talked about how you guys really push the envelope. So can you talk about how Scary Firm has evolved over the years, maybe in terms of pushing the envelope and and any other ways?
2: Oh yeah, sure. Uh, We invented this event. So we we pushed the envelope to make ourselves better, to give the guests a better experience. Uh, When you look at, here's an example when you go online and people say you know it used to be a lot scarier it used to be a lot scarier and i always if people ask me that in person i go well you know it used to be a lot younger too uh it used <laughs> to be that you were you were afraid of the closet with a monster in the closet and the monster in the bed i'm afraid now of the bills that come in the mail like that's terror you know what what came today it's coming for me right right, right. so how we evolve as people uh, also evolves what scares us i mean this your whole podcast is about that so you know that yeah oh yeah if you look at uh old footage of ma- mazes and there is some on youtube uh, the orange county archives has partnered with some people to put some up and they're fantastic to see but they're not very scary and they're not decorated very well you right. know haunted houses mazes used to be black walls punctuated by a guy in a werewolf mask. He'd pop out right. from the wall and pop back in. Uh, so it's evolved in more immersive, more details, really making you feel like you're there. And more importantly, telling a better story.
1: Right. Used to, be, right.
2: used to be the maze. Oh, it's scary. But what's it about? I don't know. It's scary. It's a scary maze, but now it's like, no, I'm going into like a movie. I'm walking into the, the movie screen and being a part of it. Uh, and you can you can see the evolution through the years of how mazes went from generic monster mazes like the Kiwanis would put on in the park. You know, you right. go in and there's a Frankenstein, a mummy and a skeleton. And there's a witch at the end who gives you a piece of candy. Uh, Scary Farm has evolved because we have these great locations to put them in. And some of the mazes that stand out over the years, like industrial evil, Uh, was an apocalypse maze that uh, seemed to go on forever with really good theming for the 80s. The 90s had Dominion of the Dead, which was this immersive vampire maze. And even that one had a lot of blank walls because you need to get from one room to the next, right? Right. Then In the early 2000s, a maze called uh, Malice in Wonderland was built, and they decided at that point there would be no empty space, paint everything and that became one of the first big like wow this is a work of art i'm I'm part of it it's not just uh we're not just saying you're going in it you're actually going to wonderland uh it was one of the first mazes the clown maze was the first but it was one of the early adopters of the 3d glasses where you put them on and then the paint oh, yeah. lifts off the wall we, we were the right. first ones to do that uh it just it's evolved over the years uh All the way up until gigantic attractions like Special Ops, where you're firing a a rifle at zombies and trapped, where you're the only group you see and you better figure this out or you're not getting out. So it's been a real nice progression with a lot of um, just really innovative stuff uh, where you see it here and then it gets duplicated other places, which is the biggest. I mean, talk about sliding. Sliding began here and now it's in virtually every... A haunt themed Halloween themed attraction around the world.
1: Yep, yep. You guys invented it, just like so many other things. Yeah, this. Well, and and in my opinion, the sliders are the best there at Scary Farm. They're so passionate about what they do and so Uh, good. They 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 turned it into a sport. Yeah,
2: God's sake.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Remember you told me about that. That's yeah, yeah. No, that's fantastic. Yeah, no, that makes sense. The evolution and and. Again, have not gone as long as you have there to Scary Farm, but, you know, going back now, almost 25 years is when the first time I went in 2000. And, uh, yeah, I've definitely seen the evolution where, you know, things are, are uh, used to be with the blank walls and, and now they're much yeah. more intricate. Well, also,
2: and, yeah. also, uh, when I started work here in 94, Scary Farm didn't start until the second week of October.
1: Right, right.
2: And it was only for like two weeks. It was right. like, like 12 nights. Uh, and that's the way the the Knott family ran it. It wasn't until Cedar Fair uh, took over in the late '90s and the early 2000s, we had a general manager here named Jack Falfas, who was a visionary who really pushed, like pushed it. More nights, more mazes, more monsters. We can make it massive. And then there was a a time when some of the other parks didn't do it, and we were the only game in town. So we were just exploding with creativity. You know, and right. then you have competition, which makes your event better. If people exactly. always ask me if we're in competition with Coronites and stuff, and I say, "No, we're we're in competition with ourselves. We want to do better than last
1: year." Right, right. You always have that comparison to make. It's not like you guys are creating a brand new event that's never been done before each year. You're doing the same kind of themed event, but you want to make it better and yeah. different. And yeah. you learn. Yeah. I mean, you learn yeah. stuff. Yeah, and you learn from what you've done. Absolutely, that's part of what makes it so special. It's a good point. You know, you mentioned trapped, and you know, you and I talked all about trapped because you know, you could tell when I did that first interview with you a couple of years ago, I had never heard of trapped, didn't know about it because I didn't go to scary farm in those years. I was, you know, busy with other things and, and not nearby. But you know, I became very fascinated with everything you were telling me about. It. And I've read up on it and I've talked to people that have done it, things like that. But, uh, you know, sadly, I never got to do trapped, but I just did something. I was just in Las Vegas had a great time got to see we're talking about magic at Alonzo again i'm a huge fan of magic Uh got to see david copperfield one of my childhood bucket list items yeah he's, he's one of the greats oh he is so oh As so amazing.
2: When, I, when i was a kid i never missed a david copperfield
1: special oh yeah same same yeah. i grew up in the 80s with him statue of liberty and all that he, david and,
2: copperfield and, uh doug henning i never missed any of those oh yeah. Penn and yeah, Teller. oh
1: yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah i've seen them too but yeah, Copperfield was so great. And his show, you know, it was a great illusion and so much audience involvement, constantly bringing people from the audience and throwing things at people in the audience, getting them involved, you know, you know, picking people randomly by whoever catches the ball or the Frisbee and all these crazy things. But but the storytelling that was part of his show, too, was so inspiring because it's all about him and his relationship with his dad and how his dad, you know, kept his dream alive and encouraged him and just such oh such great storytelling, great special effects. But um, another thing I did while I was in Vegas, was mentioning Trapped, is I'm really into escape rooms. Which again, that's why I would have loved to have done Trapped. I love yeah, Haunt sure. escape rooms. I did my first ever Haunt escape room, and it's um, and I'm doing another one when I go back to Vegas in a couple months from the same company there in Vegas. Uh, they they have an It escape room, and then they have a Saw licensed, you know, with with from the movie franchises licensed by the studios, uh, you know, WB for It and so forth. Uh, and actually, it they have two separate escape rooms, chapter one, chapter two, big fan of the, of the movies and, you know, the miniseries and, you know, the, the book, it, you know, Stephen King, amazing. And again, never experienced a a haunt escape room. And I did both chapter one and chapter two. I'm doing song and I go back. But oh, my God, so good. I, I mean, so and I was thinking, Jeff, literally while I was going through it wow this must have been a little bit what trap was like yeah now do yeah. those those have live actors or are they just oh yeah oh yeah there yeah. are live actors pennywise is chasing you and creeping yeah. up on you they have live actors that guide you through it uh there's crazy special effects there's fireworks that go up inside these these warehouses that they use really the theming is fantastic uh to give an example jeff Chad, i'm sure you're a fan of it right because you're a big fan of horror sure, sure. Yeah, yeah yeah so I, this I, chap- I read the book in high school yeah, there you go. There you go. Chapter two. That escape room starts with the Chinese restaurant, and they yeah. literally have the hostess. Je- yeah, yeah, yes. Decorated like the Chinese restaurant, you walk into the next room, and it's and it's a big dining room. There's tables with fake food out, and and there's a puzzle in there that's recreated with lazy susans and uh the cre- recreated puzzles. Just if you ever you know in Vegas anytime near future, Jeff, or any listeners highly recommend checking out these it escape rooms as well as the, I'm sure the saw one's going to be amazing too, but yeah, it gave me a sense of what trap was. So, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe, you know, given what, what Nazi's is doing this year, I have a little hope that something else from the past, maybe might come back eventually, maybe another version of trap might come, you know, you never know. I can hope I can dream. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm always working on it trust
2: that's my baby so I'm always working on it
1: right yeah that's right that was one of the, your things you're most proud of understandably for sure for sure so here, here's an interesting question this is kind of kind of throwing a, a wrench in the works um how would you how would you have done anything differently if any if anything uh in terms of your involvement with scary farm over the past you know what is have you been involved what about 25 years now yourself or yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Almost 30. Almost 30. Almost 30. Wow. This is year 29 for me. 29. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> so is there anything that you looking back would have done differently? Well, you, you do things differently. If you had more budget, it's always about the budget you're limited by
2: how much money you've got. Cause right. I've done, I've done multiple shows in mystery lodge that end on these big high notes of monsters racing through the building Uh, And it's always a a challenge to get those, get those monsters there to do that because you don't want to pay somebody to work for 35 seconds every two hours. So uh, it's always been that challenge. So no, you, you, the thing is you don't have regrets of doing it differently. You simply do it differently the next year. Like I said earlier, like you learn your lesson and you, you apply what you've learned because we did three years of trapped the first year we were making it up as we went along (laughs) The second year had its challenges and everything that had come before it culminated in that third year of, okay, we've learned it all. Let's apply it. Uh, The only thing we didn't learn was we need more rehearsal because you can rehearse your actors until the cows come home, but you don't know what the guests are going to do. Right. I think we've talked about the first night of year three, the park closed at one but because we were backed up because of people not figuring it out or we not explaining the rules properly, right. uh, we didn't we didn't have the last guest exit that year until 3 45 am. crazy. And uh, uh it's it's my thing. So I was standing there right there to to, to get yelled at because I I've kept them waiting multiple hours. And the two guys who walked out looked at me and said, it's the best Halloween thing we've ever done, dude. <laughs> and I personally walked them through the park back to the gate because the park, you know,
1: long closed. Right, right, right. That's crazy. Well, at least there was a there was a positive aspect of that where the guests, they had waited all that time, but yeah. they loved it. Yeah, that, that's great. Yeah, not surprising they loved it, of course. Uh, you know, you mentioned the, um, the shows you've done over the years, you know, at the Mystery Lodge. I've gotten to see one of them, the most recent one, which was Imitation of Terror from uh, two years ago, which, you know, I've talked to you about this. um, I think I talked about it last year in the interview and I've talked about it offline too, how much I loved it. And yeah, we, we were there. What was it? The second or third night of the event where you guys still had those actors running through the end, which I was not ready for. That was so good. Such a great, such a great show. And the special effects I used the, the uh, you know, the, um, uh, the effects of of the Mystery Lodge there, uh, Pepper's Ghost and all that. So uh, the storytelling, the, the humor combined with the the horror, which is again a trademark of yours, so good, so good. And and then last year, you know, we were talking about how how innovative Scary Farm has been, and how you know the 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 mazes you guys have done over the past number of years, more recently, are works of art and so so immersive, which I love. And Horror Nights does that too. You know, there's no blanks blank hallways, at least here in Orlando. There, there haven't been for years. And I love that. And, you know, speaking of last year, you went from two years ago, having the Invitation of Terror, you know, in, introducing the grimoire lore about the, the, yeah, the book yeah. the grimoire. And then you did the maze about the grimoire last year, which I'm so excited to go back through again this year because it was I would say, yeah, it was easily my favorite maze from last year, if not one of my favorite mazes from Knott's of, of all time. The creativity of that maze, you know, going past the campfire multiple times, and the black and white room, you know, in, you know, simulating going back in, into the, in the years past, and just that's how you guys were able to create time travel in a haunt maze. Yeah, yeah. You know, without any, you know, you're, it's not like you know you're going into you know, the classic, like, Star Trek, you guys, you you and I have talked about the, you know, Star Trek experience, how they did the trick where they had the walls come up, you know, in the fog, and then the lights were off to make it look like you went from a, what was it, like some, like, custodian closet or whatever it was onto the transporter pad, Mm -hmm. you know, and that that gag is so good that Disney introduced a brand new ride, the new Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind last year, using that same gag for their pre-show. You know, what, what 34, 30 years later or so since yeah, no. Star Trek, but, you know, just such, such great, such a great effect. Um, but, you know, you, you guys can't do stuff like that in a haunt maze because you don't have, you know, you can't have that kind of stuff, you know, that kind of, uh, uh, you, you know, walls coming up and things like that. But to so creatively within the bounds of doing a haunt maze and what is practical, being able to create the idea, the sense that you're going through time different, that's so creative, so amazing.
2: Yeah, well, that's a, that's a tribute to the designers. They're good at what they do. They're amazing at what they do. Yep, yep, they are amazing.
1: Yes, absolutely. A little pun there, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jeff. Well, you know, enough about the past. We don't want we don't want to dwell on the past. It's nice to be nostalgic and re- and and reflect back. But we we have to talk all about this year's event. So you know, here we are recording. You know, uh, a few weeks before the event actually starts. But in that time frame, about a, what, about a week ago or so now, and, and you specifically wanted to not have this interview until after after this pivotal event, Knott's hosted a special event uh, where I think it was a combination of you invited media, bloggers, et cetera, and also people, general public could buy tickets for the event. Right. Yeah. 20 bucks. Right. Yeah. If I had been in, if I was living in California, still was out there for some reason, I definitely would have would have bought a ticket to come. But uh, I watched it as as several friends of mine did remotely, you know, the live stream, and I didn't know what to expect, I, you know, who was going to be out there. And then you know, I was really thrilled to see that you were the master of ceremonies and did a wonderful job with it, Jeff. And thank you. And just, yeah, absolutely. And just introducing everything, talking about what was coming back from previous years, what's new for this year. Uh, you know, just yeah, it's oh, it's so exciting, so exciting. So, can you? Before we dive into some details, if you want to just highlight again for our listeners, maybe the people that haven't watched that live stream or the the recording of it, or gone to your, the Not Scary Farm website or read up on it, you know those that are still in the dark or in the fog, can you kind of just highlight what's new for this for the haunt this year?
2: Yeah, we have three new mazes. We have uh, Room Thirteen, which is uh, connected to the Goring Twenties uh, scare zone. So we've had this Goring Twenties for a couple of years now, and there's all this lore about the blind tiger speakeasy and the devil's elixir drink. And now you get to get to learn and experience like what really happened that night back in the twenties that caused all these people to die, which is going to be great and, mm-hmm. and beautiful. Like it's art deco. So it's going to be really, really beautiful. Nice. We have a cinema slasher over at boardwalk ballroom. That's taking over where dark ride was, uh, has some big shoes to fill, but it's a stellar concept of a movie theater where you get to uh, see the the movie on the screen and then walk through the screen into the movie, and all of the movies are based off of prior mazes that we had here. So you get to experience not only the past but the future and this new concept of you know it's terror- scary movies and uh, you know I love all that stuff, popcorn and screaming in the dark. It's fantastic. Uh, then we have the chilling chambers up front, taking the place of pumpkin eater that's a uh, tribute maze it's going to have rooms for rooms dedicated to remembering some of the best mazes we've done in the past Uh, all hosted by a guy called the keeper who is based off of seymour who was a horror movie host who hosted the first scary farm in 1973 we've been working with his family to get all these details right and remember him properly so that's pretty cool
1: oh wow that's that's a great throwback to the first year very yeah, appropriate yeah. here for a big anniversary year. That's great. Yeah, somebody
2: was in the audience was like, we we, we did a thing in a at the midsummer stream, and when they brought up Seymour at the seventy three, one lady goes, "I was there." And I'm like, "How old are you?"
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you got to be in your seventies to remember that. And that, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's, it's right, it's, right. It's, it's, it's impressive.
1: No, absolutely, absolutely. So then, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. We
2: yeah. have a uh, yeah monsters music and mayhem in the, in the big Walter theater. That's a, uh, a song and dance rock and review uh, again, paying homage to a lot of the mazes and scare zones and Seymour and Wolfman Jack and all that. Uh, so that's going to be great. That's put together by my good friend and colleague Casey, uh, who's done some of the best shows we've done here. We have the carnival do grotesque on the Calico mind stage where it's uh you know freak shows and fire eating and all that they've they've done that in the last couple of years that's been really great and then uh the there's a new scare zone the gauntlet is coming back that's a scare zone that uh, debuted in the 90s it was actually the first zone to use the term scare zone because up until that point it was just ghost town streets and they said no we're going to create a, a new scare zone over in camp snoopy and turn it into the gauntlet which is a medieval-themed renaissance gone wrong, uh, you know, jesters and kings and queens, that sort of thing. And then, of course, uh, in the in the Birdcage Theater, The Return of Dr. Cleaver, which is a, a cute little melodrama show that's dirty and sexy and funny all at the same time, <laughs> which I've just spent the last week directing the actors uh, to their spots. And then Monday night, uh, excuse me, Tuesday night, because Monday's a holiday, uh, Tuesday night I start directing uh, the Wagon Camp show, which is the return of the hanging. Yes. Uncanceled uh after yes. a four-year absence.
1: Yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. Wow, lots of new stuff. That's great. It, you know, you mentioned the Goring 20s and that Arizona. Great, great Scarizona. It's awesome that you guys are you know, creating a uh, maze about it because I, I think that'll do well because it's very it's popular in general. It's not just something I like. Well, it seems like a lot of people enjoy that scare zone. So, that, and that's that's fantastic. And, you know, Cinema Slasher, yeah, as you mentioned, it's got big, big shoes to fill with Dark Ride. Uh, Dark Ride was there for many years and what was one of the best mazes I think you guys have ever done. So creative and how you guys busted it over the years. I got to see it the last year of it. I think I got to see the first year of Dark Ride was the first year around 2017 was that around there yeah
2: 16 or 17 it replaced um dead of winter which was not very popular
1: yeah yeah so i think i because i was there in 2017 i think i got to experience the first year of dark ride and see the changes over the years but yeah and that's something that is nice yeah okay fine you know you don't you guys don't change all of your mazes every year But, but there is a plus to that which is that you guys can can iterate and, you know, fix mistakes and learn. And like we were talking about earlier, each year you try to better yourselves. And those mazes, they do change your years.
2: Yeah, they they do an activity, an exercise here where one designer will pitch a maze and design it and bring it to the finish line and get it open. And then in the subsequent years, they pass it to somebody else. So that another, another designer comes in and puts their stamp on it. And now it's a real family affair and you get all these different points of view so that the mazes are never stagnant. They're always evolving, always growing. Hey, let's change this up. Even something like Paranormal Inc., they changed the complete ending to
1: that one year, made it so much better, and it was already very good. Right, right. And that's actually brilliant. I never thought about how you guys go about that. That's a really brilliant strategy to have, to purposely not have the original maze designer Change it up in the in the subsequent years. Have a, a different set of eyes, a different artistic oh. play, creativity. That's brilliant. That that explains also why things do, uh, in many cases, get better. And get you know, and and uh, and change. And, they, and, they get plused. Yeah. We say, we yeah, plussed. they get plused. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. That's great. And then uh, also this year we have the uh,
2: the lantern that we're offering to guests. Uh, there's a Knott's Berry Farm scareloppoly game you can buy uh and then the no boo necklace
1: which uh we're we're offering this year which if you saw the live stream you know how people felt about that oh yeah well of course at the live stream you know at the live event you're you're gonna get your you know your key your core diehards yeah it goes to the diehards i mean like i said i would have been there uh but you know there were so many people there that are so passionate about scary Farm, the big fans And of course, you know, they're not they're the ones that aren't gonna wear the boot necklaces. I mean you you probably didn't have a single person there that's gonna wear a boot necklace. But hey, you know, it it, it makes it accessible to other people that maybe want to go with friends or their family, or you know, it could be, you know, a mom that is really scared and her kids are not, you know, and that's what it's for. It's for the
2: chaperone who's bringing all the teens because uh you know they can't go, they can't come without a chaperone if if their moms won't let them. So the mom wears the necklace and now moms have a a devil's elixir drink and not worry that it's going to get spilled i you know it's i think it's a it's a fun idea we'll see how it plays out but if you don't want to buy it don't buy it but it's available for those who want and it's no big deal it's going to be fun
1: right 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 you know what i'm excited about this year is you know we talked about those new mazes i you know they they sound really good all, all three of them i'm excited for cinema slasher because I, I love haunts. I, I love them, but I love the, the, what they really are, come from, which is from horror, the horror genre, movies, TV shows, especially movies. And, you know, any maze that I've seen over the years that's about whether it be, you know, based on real IP or as you guys do, for, you know, originals. But, you know, for example, about horror movies or that genre it usually resonates really well with me. So I'm excited for that one. But what's also what I'm excited for is the The mazes that are returning from the past years, because it's almost in a way, it's it's you know they're ones that you already had from literally from last year. But in certain ways, they're almost like greatest hits. You know, the mazes like the depth, Mesmer, Grimoire. Those are three scary farm mazes that are are they're probably in my top five of all time of all the years I've been going. So you guys have such a strong lineup, and you yeah. know I can't wait oh. to see, you know what book pluses happen to those. So.
2: Well, simply look at what we were talking about earlier. Like, we only did Trapped singly. So 12, 13, 14, each year it was completely different than the year before. And we have a lot of people lamenting, like, oh, I wish I'd give anything to have gone through Trapped. It was only right. one year. Like me. Yeah, right? <laughs> so you have these mazes that last four or five years if they're really strong. Like, Trick or Treat lasted quite a few years because they plused it with the uh, flashlight gimmick. And yep. you get a chance to, to experience it again. Oh, I remember this. This is great. Or I didn't yep. get to see it last year. But uh, no, the one-offs are tough because we've only done them a few times. You know, Beowulf was only one year. Trapped one, two, three was only one
1: year. Right, right. Yeah, it's not as easy because it's a lot more work for sure. And actually, speaking of all that work, so you mentioned, of course, there are three new mazes this year. Is that a record for the most number of new mazes? Obviously, we're not counting the beginning or the early years, but for typical from year to year, has it ever been that many? No,
2: that's actually about average. You know, two to three is about average. Uh, Sometimes that third one is taking a maze that already exists and doing an overlay. Like um, the asylum became locked down the asylum. Or, you know, there was just an overlay. Delirium and Tooth Fairy were very similar, so it was an overlay. Uh, but like I was talking earlier, in the early 2000s, there was a push uh, from upper management to get to that magic number of 13 mazes. We need 13 mazes. That's the Ooh. number. So we were doing more than two or three those years to get to that number.
1: Right. And now you've dialed back, right? Yeah, there's Lord. 10. Right. So, because I remember, yeah, because like I said, I went in 2000, 2001, and I remember there being more mazes. That's my, you know, I don't have vivid memories yeah. of every single maze. But so um, I might have asked you this before, but I just don't remember. So what is the reason to have dialed back to to 10 from, say, 12, 13?
2: Uh, well, that began with a, a conscious effort to not impact day guests so that uh-huh. – when people came to the park for a regular day of fun fall fantasy stuff at Knott's Berry Farm, they weren't met at every turn with giant walls. Cause we used to have a maze on Fiesta Plaza. It blocked the whole Fiesta area. There were a number of those around the park where you'd walk them and it'd just be this huge conglomeration of walls and black tarps. And it just wasn't pretty and it wasn't fun for the day guests. So opening up the back areas and being creative where you put your mazes, suddenly they're in the background now, which helps for the night as well because you don't walk up and see it. You you get in line and you can see it around the corner and it's coming and you're, exp- you're oh my God, it, there it is, you know.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I've noticed that because, you know, I've been to knots during the day past couple of years when I've come down there for a scary farm and yeah, during the day you don't see it. It's like a transformation. Yeah. yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. It's a better presentation for your guests. Sure. To you, have to th- you have to think of those
2: people who come during the day. I, I, I never met them personally, but I, they're awake <laughs> during the day. I don't know what that's about, but I hear that it is a thing.
1: That's great. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Makes sense. You were talking about, you know, plussing up and, and doing special things overlays of mazes one of my favorites of all time was for trick-or-treat. You you actually just mentioned a few minutes ago, trick-or-treat lights out with those Gantam flashlights, those yeah. uh, those location-sensitive flashlights, so, yeah, I guess using Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, whatever they use. And I got to experience that. And that was wild, you know, going through there with no lighting in, inside at all. One the flashlights and they would blink and change colors and turn on and off. And it really made the experience very creepy and unique. And I really enjoyed that. Now, you mentioned... You know, it, it was mentioned, of course, during the live stream, these uh lanterns that guests can buy. These interactive lanterns. So, are those lanterns kind of doing something similar to those those Ganim flashlights, kind of interacting program? Are they going to interact to wireless signals, and are they going to kind of work, you know, in the same kind of way? Yeah,
2: it's it's RFD chips. It's the future. We're all going to have them right. in our arm eventually. Right. right.
1: You, you don't have one yet.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm on the list i'm on the list <laughs> uh yeah no they they uh, change color but they also physically make things move or change in the maze and scare zone so it, it's it's
1: more like a harry potter wand if you think about it interesting yeah i'm definitely planning on buying one It'll also be a nice keepsake to bring back home and i like you know putting things on display you know yeah, it's the, really that's really cool park memorabilia I, yeah i remember being yeah. in the meetings for those i think about two years
2: ago yeah uh, trying to figure out like what is it what does it do all ideas are welcome and if you saw the midsummer presentation ken talked about uh having it scream in march like it would just start screaming at the midway point between halloween oh that's great yeah so and that came out of a conversation of i said well does it have to be within the confines of scary farm? Like what if you, if you took it home? Cause I, I was imagining like someone would take it back to their hotel room at the Knott's hotel. And I said, well, what if it just started doing stuff at like four in the morning when you think it's all over. So that snowballed into <laughs> all these crazy things it would do after. But I think it was decided that let's just keep it
1: right now in scary farm so that people don't freak out. <laughs> That's really creative though. I I mean I personally I get it why you guys made that decision, but I would be of the camp of oh please make it do things you know random. Well, yeah, I was I was all yeah. so on board. I was like let's make it do everything, you know. <laughs> do you, well, do yeah, you know I...
2: the uh do you know the teen buzz mosquito noise? Do you know what that is? No, no. There's a high frequency band of noises that you can't hear once you're over 35 so if you go on youtube and type in teen buzz mosquito it will play a tone and it'll say okay your your speakers are working you can hear that but if you're over 35 you can't hear anything else but everybody in the area under 35 thinks they're being tortured by it right well why don't we have it do that
1: (laughs) some age-based yeah interesting very interesting Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely planning on buying one of those lanterns as I mentioned, and I'm looking forward to again having it as a keepsake, but also using it while I'm there those three nights. So, one thing I'm wondering about, and I'm sure you guys have figured this out, but you know, let's say you know those sell really well, which I bet they will, and you've got a group of people, you know, on the conga line there, you know, going through the mazes, or to, you guys don't necessarily do full conga lines, but you know, you're sending a lot of people through all together. If they all have those lanterns if you have a group that all has those lanterns, 20 people is it going to make it too bright in the maze or have you guys figured that out already no they're they're not that bright okay uh, okay it's not okay. it's not like a flashlight no it's got much it. more subdued subdued okay but, nice. no it, it,
2: okay. they they wouldn't have brought them in if it was going to affect the uh scare factor in those mazes that's that's the first rule you know don't got don't it. affect the mazes the scary part
1: got it yeah okay great great glad to hear it i figured you guys figured that out that's great so uh, you mentioned that you're directing not one but two uh, scary farm shows this year. You mentioned already those two that, you know, and it makes sense the two that you're you're directing. Of course, the hanging is your baby. We'll talk more about that in a moment. And then the uh, the the Cleaver show. What's the name of the Cleaver show again? Doctor Cleaver returns. Doctor Cleaver returns. This is the way you describe that show with the, the comedic horror and the, the sensuality? You know, that totally makes yeah. sense. You would do that with your sense of humor. I, I yeah hope to be able to see that um and that that's in that's in the birdcage theater in the birdcage yeah All right that's where that's where Ed Alonso was last year if I remember correctly uh last year was Zabrecki oh Zabrecki okay okay yeah. Ed alonso has been there year. oh he's been there yeah oh yeah, yeah but not, not not last year that's why I'm thinking of two different things got it I've seen too many magicians I start mixing them up um but he he was great Zabrecki was great too mm-hmm. so so has it been a challenge for you is this the first time you're directing more than one show in the same year or? yeah yeah uh, I've been working on the scripts for both of them
2: for months uh, and directing them back to back. So they will be this, this past week I've done daytime rehearsals and then next week I move to 5 PM to 2 30 AM rehearsals for the hanging. And then the week that we open, I do 10 AM to 5 PM cleaver and then 5 PM to two hanging until we open. So
1: yeah, it's a challenge, but I'm doing what I love, so it doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. Wow. So, uh, so I'm assuming that, based on the time frames you mentioned there, since Knott's is a 365-day-a-year park, you guys are not necessarily rehearsing these in the normal rehearsals, at least at the location where they're being performed. So you guys have, like, some kind of off-site building or maybe they're on-site that's at the backstage back that you use? Or?
2: Well, right now the birdcage is only used during the weekend, so we were able to get in there and use the space okay. uh, for the wagon camp. Uh, as long as we're not there when the crazy Kirk band is playing and uh, we start late, we can skip the guests and work at
1: night. Oh, I see. Okay. So still able to do it at the venue. Good. Good. Yeah. Because I know that uh, the hanging normally is a, is a very physical show. So it would be important to be there at the, at the staging location. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, yeah, I know how hard it's been, how much i I've gotten a sense, I should say of how, time-consuming it's been for you for, you know, writing and now directing these shows because, you know, you're you're always you're so gracious about being a guest here on the podcast. We appreciate that. And like I said, you're the only one that's been on all three seasons so far. Uh, and um, you have that record, if you will. Uh, we have to, we'll have to get you a plaque or something for you for that. Or you that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it was uh, usually, it's been pretty easy to schedule with you, which I've always been surprised by because I know you're so busy. But this year it was a little bit more of a challenge, yeah. understandably. Because, but I appreciate you working with your schedule to, to talk to us here. It's been great. So speaking of those shows, you know, we have to dive into what is one of my favorite experiences ever at Scary Farm that I've had over the years. And something that went away, as you and I talked about in, the, in our, our first interview in season one. So there I was. Uh, again, about a week ago, watching that live stream. And I was excited to learn what the new mazes were and, and whatnot, but I there was one thing I was waiting for. And that was for the announcement because it had been rumored and I, I talked to you a little bit offline, you know, what, what, mentioned, what had been mentioned in Midsummer Scream and, you know, about the hanging coming back. And, and of course you, you weren't going to tell me, you couldn't tell me understandably, but I was like, I was hopeful that it was coming back because based on what I had heard from Midsummer Scream and everything. And there we, you guys went through all this, the mazes, the scare zones, everything. And then, and then the shows and I'm like, and meanwhile, I was texting with my buddy, Freddie um, and his girlfriend, Bella, they were, they were watching the live stream too. They live in LA. Uh, and we were like, oh man, no hanging, but you know, st- the event's still going to be great, but oh man, no hanging. And then at the end, Jeff, you pulled a Steve Jobs. <laughs> now, now just, just at now for the audience, you, of course, you know what I'm talking about, Jeff. Uh, for the audience that is not familiar, Steve Jobs, again, uh, former CEO, founder of Apple, the late, great Steve Jobs. I miss him. He was an amazing leader. Uh, controversial in certain ways, but amazing leader, kind of like the, the the first coming of Elon Musk, if you will. But um, he was famous in his keynotes, in his introductions of new products, you know, at, at trade shows and keynotes and whatnot, of being a great showman. Uh, not 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 putting on a comedy show or you know horror show like you do at nonce but more introducing products and and new concepts and he was famous for going through and introducing a bunch of things and then saving a big surprise for last and he would say you know we've got a great list of products for you guys we're excited to introduce all of these but we've got one more thing for you Mm -hmm. and you pulled a one more thing moment so first of all jeff Was that inspired by Steve Jobs or or is that, you know, what was the story there? How you did that? Uh, Well, there was a lot of ideas on how to how to reveal that to
2: the audience. I wasn't happy with any of them. I was like, this is going to be a big moment. We need to make it a big moment. Uh, I originally pitched that I would say that the show was over and then someone would bring out a uh, uh, an orange and black like present and I would open it up and pull out the noose. And I was like, this, it's not big enough. And we did a bit in the saloon where Cameo Kate would sing. And as she held her arms out, a a feather boa would drop from the ceiling onto her shoulders. And I said, we have a box that does that. So what if we put it up there, put a giant oversized noose in it and just drop it center state? It needs no introduction. And I don't it's not Steve Jobs that I take my cues from. I take them from a guy named William Castle. Do you know who William Castle was? Oh, yeah. You've mentioned him before. That's my hero. Yeah. Yeah. He made a lot of schlock horror films. Right. It didn't matter if the movie was good or bad. It was how he sold it. He's the guy that put a nurse in the lobby and said, she's here in case anybody has a heart attack. They would put an ambulance in front of the theater. During um, House on Haunted Hill, he had skeletons that were on wires that would fly over the audience. Uh, The movie The Tingler the seat would vibrate like something was coming to wow. get you all the stuff that they do. And like, it's tough to be a bug and right. funny. Yeah. I shrunk the, William Castle invented all of that. That's brilliant. So I always looked for William Castle, like he's the guy, what would he do? You know, William Castle, Roger Corman. Um, oh yeah. Uh, what's his name um, from trauma. Uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, Lloyd Kaufman. Uh, I love all that stuff. And if you can bring right. a little bit of schlocky cheese to it and like, you know, what did I do? Point like I was the, the Babe Ruth. Like, look at this. And then, oh, the, if you'd been in that on that stage. Oh, my gosh. You'd thought I'd brought out one of the Beatles. It was insane.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's 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 amazing. That's awesome. So in our first interview back in season one, Jeff, we talked a lot about the hanging because, again, it's a favorite of mine. And, you know, it, it's something that you it's your baby, it's one of your babies. Um, you know, and I know you have, you guys have other writers working on it too, but I know it's very much you are very yeah, involved yeah, yeah. with it. I've, I've yeah. been working
2: this year with uh, Ken Parks, who's a uh, guy who created Ghost Town Alive. Like, he's uber talented. Uh, oh. he, has, he has since moved up to the corporate world here at Cedar Fair, but uh he carved out some time to help me on this, and I couldn't be happier.
1: Oh, that's great. Oh, wow. I'm I'm really excited because Ghost Town Alive is amazing. So, oh, wow, that's great. That's great. So, when we did our first interview, again, two years ago, you talked about how you know how edgy it was and non PC, yeah. and how you know the witches were protesting out front of the park, literally, yeah. you know, because they, you know they they were offended, and that led to its cancellation. So now you're bringing it back as the Hanging Uncancelled, and oh my gosh, what an epic and appropriate <laughs> name because you know it's 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 the cancel culture and the ridiculous of it that that exists in the world, and how it's kind of like a you know well you know be a little edgy here, it's a haunt interview, you know, middle middle finger to cancel culture. I love, mm-hmm. I love that you guys are doing that. So, and I know, you know, you and, you know, you and I've got to know, know, each other personally, and we have, you know, a lot of similarities in our perspectives. And I know you personally, you know, you're very non-PC and, you know, you're all about, you, you are the hanging, you know, the, the, the type of content it is, and, you know, you don't offend easily, neither do I. But again, you don't run Cedar Fair and, and so forth. So, you know, what's interesting about knots is, you know there's a number of theme parks out there that do haunts and some of them are independent parks they can do a lot more they don't have as much oversight really any oversight but then you have you know cedar fair and six flags and you know universal and you know all these more corporate parks that have these giant corporations that you know cancel culture they're always scared to cancel culture potentially so how is it that you know cedar fair and knots management they're okay with bringing back the hanging again i'm thrilled it's coming back i'm just curious what <laughs> happened. What changed is that they realized how ridiculous cancel culture is and they're kind of pushing back. What's going on here?
2: No, the main thrust is it's the 50th. You got to do it for the 50th. You can't have a 50th anniversary and not do one of the signature shows here. So somebody at corporate uh, said you have to do the hanging. And I was like, yes, that's, yes, we should do the hanging. Let's do it again. And that's, that process started in February. I've been working on this script since February. Uh, We're up to draft 15 on it. We've gone through six uh, storylines, six ideas for what the plot would be. So we've really put a lot of work into it. And it was simply a matter of, it's been four years. Uh, It's time to have a sense of humor again. Uh, There's there's a lot of dirty movies coming out, you know. Stray Dogs just came out. Oh yeah, yeah. That movie where Jennifer Lawrence is uh, paid to be that guy's girlfriend for a car. Like there's movies that come out that are that are edgy and dirty, like they used to be. Uh, And they, you know, they didn't. There weren't any picket lines for them. I think we're moving past all of this puritanism of oh i can't be offended in any way clutching my pearls like who wants who wants to live like that Uh, so it's the 50th it's time to bring it back uh and then the other um caveat in all of that is we're doing it at the wagon camp so uh at the when it's outdoors at the mine stage or where it was born at calico square stage which doesn't even exist anymore You could walk by on your way to get a churro and hear something. You could see Justin Bieber being shot and you'd go, oh, my God, I didn't sign up for that. So it's a little different this year in that if you want to see the hanging, uh, seating is going to be limited. So you got to get there early. You have to want to see it. It's not something you accidentally see or hear. Uh, I've got a sign on the door that says, once you enter through here, you are not allowed to complain. If you're here for internet points, you should just leave now. It's not for you. The show is dirty. The show is filthy. The show is violent. Uh, we're not hiding it in any way. It's not a switcheroo. Uh, you know, and then there's a disclaimer at the front of the show where somebody that you've seen before comes out and says, You don't want to be here, it's not for you. So we're giving them every opportunity. So I don't see how you could complain and you'll be here opening night. If you see the show opening night, yep. you'll, know exa- you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I can't give away any of the plot details, but we're, we're taking the bull by the horns. Uh, it's, it's going to be great. And anything that that I, or my co-writer Ken was second guessing was eliminated last Thursday night. When we saw the crowd's reaction to me up there saying, the show is um, back. It's no holds okay. barred, and it's going to piss you off if you see this. So we again, there's no no hiding it, right? Uh, I just right. to me, I just think it's really funny that you can show people being disemboweled, you can rip their heads off and have a fountain of blood coming out like yep. Kill Bill, but if you make like a tiny little sexual joke, people will get upset. I yeah, I have no explanation for it. I wish people would just get a sense of humor. But more importantly, if you don't like it, you don't have to see it. But
1: right, right, we're, that, that...
2: we're really happy with it. It's going to be a lot of fun. There are nice. no sacred cows in it, and uh, rehearsals start on Tuesday, so uh, I'm excited. Like I, I always tell the same story. In 1994, the first scary farm I worked, I was on uh, in Ghost Town at the Silver Dollar Saloon. Again, it's not even there anymore. But right. we sold, we sold uh sodas and and popcorn and chips and i would just i'd work the counter until midnight and then close up and go home but on my breaks i'd go see the hanging you know seat in calico square 94 was the year um they opened with forrest gump and a big fake feather flew over the audience to the stage uh the year after that i think year after that it was uh Hugh Grant in a car with Divine Brown. If anybody remembers that <laughs> incident, you know, I and I'd watch it and go, "I I could do that. I I just want a shot." So right. in, in right. 2001, I was invited to be a contributor to the show, and I wrote some jokes for the show, and I was really proud. Like, oh my gosh, because I had done, I had done plays at the college level, and the first night of the first show of the hanging more people saw my work than anything I had done combined. Right. Cause there's so many right. people out there. So from 2001 to 2011, I was a contributor to the show and I just, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Like you could write these dirty jokes and you could make these references and put in stuff you liked and stuff you hated. And the crowd <laughs> would go crazy for it. I wrote all these um, blood light commercials. Have you ever heard those? No, no. You remember Bud Light Presents, Real Men of Genius? Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, those are great commercials. So we
2: did Blood Light Presents, Real Monsters of Genius. (laughs) They were were all about theme park stuff. Like, today we salute you, Mr. Glow-in-the-Dark Necklace Salesman. And then we we had the full track and the guy, Mr. Glow-in-the-Dark Necklace Salesman. So I wrote those. And (laughs) there were just weird years of, like, throwing all this stuff in there and – when they came to me early this year and said, look, we're going to bring the show back and we want you to direct it. I was like, Oh my God. Right. I get to do it. I'm, I'm at the right. big show finally. So I'm really proud of what Ken and I have put together and I can't wait to get it on that stage starting Tuesday. We've got a cast uh, that's beyond talented. We've got a crew that's putting it all together. I got a fight coordinator guy who's going to teach them all how to do guru
1: and it's going to be a blast. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah, I know that you've been involved with The Hanging from talking to you and interviewing you previously, Jeff. But is this your first year actually directing the show? First year directing The Hanging, yeah. Oh, so you must have, you were doubly excited because you were thrilled for The yeah. Hanging to back and yeah. then you got the helm of it. Wow. You must have, I bet you went home that night and like your wife, Rachel, right? You must have been so yeah. excited to her all about it, right? Yeah, and she's She just looked at me and
2: said, I'm never going to see you. You're going to be night. and I said, yeah, well, that's, the, it, it's called Haunt Widows.
1: Right, right, that season, yeah. those couple months, right, right. I,
2: I was so. actually in The Hanging one year as a performer in 1997 as well.
1: Oh, wow, that's great. Wow, I, yeah. I had no idea The Hanging existed for so long. I didn't, I yeah. thought it was a weeks in construct. Um, and you were saying that at the live stream and I saw that, you know, not, not live, but I saw it on the, on the camera there on the video feed, the reaction of the crowd, just, you know, that one more thing and just people exploding. So that yeah. was so validating for you and Ken, right. That's what that you was great. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah that, that's awesome. And, and a really good point that you made because, you know, previously it, it was at where the carnival de, de grotesque is right. It's outside. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's where I remember seeing it myself. But putting it in the wagon camp again more secluded inside you know that 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 way people won't get exposed people with sensitive ears or whatnot yeah. won't get exposed so that's and brilliant. for yeah. the first time in its ever 40 plus year history you can sit down right which is great yeah never had seats yeah because yeah, there were no seats outdoors at the calico yeah yeah so well and again i don't i know you're not going to reveal anything about the plot I don't expect you to, I'm just going to make kind of a statement and, you know, you could not or whatever, but you know, one, it, it, you haven't had the show since 2019, you know, 2020, there wasn't because of COVID and all that. And then you've not had the show the last couple of years. So four years of material potentially, but also given those four years and what's going on with politics, with COVID, you know, Putin, all, all this, I, I can only imagine what you got, I mean, I can only begin to imagine what you guys are going to do in this yeah. show. I mean, there's so much material. So and yeah, the the challenge has been to keep it at a decent running time and to not
2: put everything you want in the show. So uh, there are times where Ken and I will meet on you know on Teams Zoom and just you know toast these great jokes that have to go. Right, there's just no time for them. Oh yeah, it's it's a really tough process. It's it's a great process. But you you have to you have to learn not to hold any sacred anything sacred because everything is cuttable until you get to the stage.
1: Right. No, of course. Yeah. If anything, you have two plus
2: letters. the hanging is yeah. the only show that we we change during the run. So if
1: something oh, really happens during the run, I write a joke and it's right in. Oh really? So if something crazy happens, pop culture, politics, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, in late September, or early October, whatever it is, you, you will change it. You, you put it right in, absolutely.
2: Oh, Interesting.
1: Yeah. Now, did you do the same trick that you've told me about before this year where you and Ken put in those jokes that are just so over the top to make the ones you really want in? Yes. Yeah. And you still do that? Yeah, you have to do that. I love it. I love it. You have to. That. That's fantastic. Well, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, wow, I am looking forward to so much about Scary Farm this year. Some of the returning greats, you know, like the depths is one of my favorite haunt attractions anywhere, anywhere, you know, of all time, the independent haunts, uh, theme park haunts, et cetera. Uh, same thing with, with, uh, with Mesmer and Gourmar. Again, those are my three favorites from the ones returning these new, these new mazes sound great. The lantern, the shows, there's you know, so many shows this year. Uh, and, but, you know, I think the thing I'm most looking forward to, and you mentioned about me being there on opening night, which is this is the first year I'll ever be there opening night excited for Um, Yeah, I I may not get to all the mazes opening night again. I'm going to be there for three nights, Uh, but it is my plan to definitely do the hanging the first night because that is what I'm looking forward to most for sure.
2: Well, it's if you're if you look back at any of the years that uh, the hanging's been up, you can see that um, opening nights very special because no jokes have been cut yet.
0: Right,
1: (laughs) right, And, and sometimes they do get cut. So I'm curious about that. So I'm assuming, obviously, especially that first night that you have, whether it be Knotts management or higher level Cedar Fair management on site, are they going to be like kind of like gauging the if there's any really booze or people really get pissed off or something? And those are the things to get cut. Is that what no, it is? No, they're, they're very
2: supportive. No, they're okay, very supportive. So- I,
1: I couldn't have more support. Oh, that's great. Okay. The management
2: level. No, they know exactly what the show is. There's no surprises in it. They've looked at everything. Uh, no, I, when I say things get, get, get cut, uh, yeah. we, we've had some heads of entertainment in the past that have not been up on slang and what's going on. And so we've put some stuff in that's been pretty racy. And uh, the opening night, they'll say, can you explain that joke? And I go, well, it kind of means this.
1: And they go, are you kidding <laughs> so yeah (laughs) okay so to make it just basically to make the show better you might cut a couple things if they're not no just it would be just for time this year just for time just for time got it got it okay well yeah i'm even more excited that i gotta see it opening because you know there's so much
2: to do at scary farm that anything above 25 minutes people start looking at their apple watches and going i gotta get in a maze what am i doing here even if the show is firing on all cylinders
1: Right. You, you know, what's interesting too, Jeff is it's not just the theme of, of the hanging and, and the, the edginess of it that makes it a good show. It's got to have that great writing and the great acting, because, you know, I one of the things I did last year was one of the most disappointing things. So I, I'm i a big fan of SeaWorld, their parks. They, in my opinion, I've said it again and again, and we've interviewed them here on the podcast, SeaWorld and Bush Gardens. Their what they do best is their entertainment. They put on some great shows. They really do. Uh, they do great Christmas shows. They have good Halloween shows. So when I went to Busch Gardens Tampa last year for the first time for their Halloween their Halloween event, they have this I somewhat long running show which is like the Hanging. I forget the name of it, but they do it out there in Gwazi Field, big stage, and it's you know it's it's a parody show with crude jokes, and they get pretty crude and everything. But Jeff. The writing was so bad. I w- I was like, oh boy, this show, this they it needs help. It needs Jeff Tucker or something. Anyway, so it's not just that you're doing crude humor. You can't just do crude humor and, no, you, and, you
2: you can't know. just come out and say fart yeah. fart number two. Right. And fart, fart. It doesn't work that way. Either. And that's <laughs> yeah. and that's a credit to, to to what Ken and I have done this year is we've concentrated the most on does the plot make sense? Does it have a story? It's not just a review right. of uh, here's here's something you like that we're going to kill. It's not like that. It actually has a a beginning, a middle, and an end that we're really happy. I mean, and that's taken up until, the script was in flux up until a day and a half ago. So we're, we, we took it all the way down to the wire to make sure that it does satisfy. Because, you know, the reason you hate bad movies is they don't make any sense.
1: Right, right. Your brain right. is like, this doesn't make any sense. Yep, yep. I've definitely seen a few of those. I know you have. You're you're like me. You're not afraid to critique movies. <laughs> no, that's what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both big movies, but fans. I'm also
2: not afraid to, yeah. to roll up my sleeves. And like last year, I directed a Christmas Carol and Gift to the Magi for Christmas, and those are like perennials. Everybody knows those, and even those had issues with the story. So I would I'd sat in my office and like I'm not going to improve Charles Dickens. But I'm going to improve this version of it and make it more satisfying so the audience like, oh, I get that. That's great. And not leave something unresolved
1: at the end. Right, right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Just making, editing it for content or, yeah, to kind of flesh out and make the story make sense. Remember, there was a big budget
2: movie that came out not that long ago where they said the emperor is back. Somehow he's back. Yeah, They never explained anything. And that's why people hate that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, if you, was... if you
2: treat the audience that like they're dumb, they're not gonna like you. They're not gonna like your show.
1: Yeah, that was one of the bigger disappointments of
2: yeah. recent years. course like, back yeah. somehow. Yeah, like that's yeah. it.
1: Yeah, they could have they could have done that better. Yeah, I actually
2: of... I actually went to an event uh, over the weekend, and I sat in a chair re- directly in front of J.J. Abrams for over four hours, and it took every ounce not to turn around and go. The emperor's back somehow, <laughs> but it wasn't the time or place. So I didn't yeah. do it.
1: Good restraint there, Jeff. I I, I showed That's restraint. <laughs> well, thank you, Jeff, for one, you know, reflecting back on the history of not scary farm. So those are some great stories. And, you know, just getting that perspective of those early years, which certainly I I didn't go to and I bet a lot of our listeners didn't go to, uh, to have that kind of perspective and history. But also to talking all about this year's event. Um, you know, I'm really excited and and yeah, I, yeah, I've got so many friends that I'm going with, you know, David's planning on going too. and again, we're all really excited. This, I think this is probably going to be the best year ever. Uh, you know, certainly my a- a- attending of scary farm. I just so much, so much I'm looking forward to. So thanks for sharing.
2: It's going to um, be a lot of fun. I'm really yeah. excited. I'll be exhausted, but I'll be excited.
1: Yeah. You'll be, you'll be exhausted, but you'll be proud and, and yeah, <laughs> feel accomplished. Absolutely. So just a couple things to wrap things up here. Now, again, you've been through our interviews before. So, um, you know, we're not going to go through everything, but one thing I would do want to ask you because this is a new question for season three, Jeff, and it's a very poignant one. I'll give you the background on it. So, uh, Coaster Challenge is not just a podcast. We started off back in 2015 before I was involved. This is David's baby, of course. He's our founder uh, as a YouTube channel, and you know he would meet up with people in the parks and and including Knots. And in fact, I believe this person he met at Knots. Um he was uh, one of the first uh fans, if you will, Coaster Challenge. Uh, a young teenager, his name was Dusty, and uh became Dusty, became friends with David and, and his parents and the family, you know. And, and you know, we in fact, I interviewed uh Dusty's mom on our first season of our podcast as well. Uh, and Dusty's been on here. Uh and Dusty sadly, uh, he was about 16 years old or so, uh, sadly passed away way too young. This oh, past terrible. Which was awful just a you know, freak thing that happened and uh it hit david especially hard um because he was very close with him and his family and so david he was really kind of thinking mortality and and what our lives mean and so forth and he wanted us be in honor of dusty uh to have, and this is the dusty life question uh how would you like your family your friends your colleagues to remember you by jeff
2: wow that took a turn i i would like to be remembered as the guy who did what he wanted that's it i never worry what people think about me Uh, i don't care if you like me or love me or hate me i do what i do and I, i i try to entertain people you know it takes a lot of guts to present something that you've created to the world most people spend their whole lives never doing it only being a consumer and never a producer uh, those of us that step out and go I've made something and I want you to look at it and people go and eh, care for it okay but I still did it you know I, I I sat around and did that so I I would love to be remembered as a guy who never took any crap from anybody and did what he wanted
1: that's it that's fantastic that's a great answer Jeff we haven't had that answer to this question <laughs> and, and 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 Jeff your answer does not surprise me I'm proud yeah. of you um that is that is Put essential Jeff Tucker right there. And I, one of the things I think is great about you is, is you work if you, and I'm sure you've thought about this before, Jeff. You work in probably one is one of the most PC industries out there, you know, theme parks and you know, look like at Disney and all their stuff and you know all that craziness. And, but you don't, you know, you just do your own thing and you'll say what you mean. And like, I, I, I tell any of my theme park friends, you know, cause it's one of my passions, as you know, that are like-minded that don't offend and appreciate people, you know, that aren't into PC cancel culture, all that stuff. Tell them you guys got, you got you got to make, send a friend request to Jeff Tucker. You will <laughs> love what he shares. It'll be like, you know, that's where
2: those are coming from.
1: Yes. <laughs> so from me, a little bit for me at least, but, um, yeah, you will you will be blown away by how open he is and he just stays, says what he believes. And it's it's so refreshing, really, because in the world we live in these days, you know, it's just it's not like that. And, you know, it's, it, you know, it used to be your opinion was your opinion. You know, there's just words, you know. Yeah. You shoot someone. Yeah. Yeah. You go to jail or worse because you've, you've physically done something that's really bad. That's awful you know it's just like the old the old kids rhyme you know sticks and stones may hurt my bones but you know what words words will never hurt me whatever it went by yeah that's you know not the it used to be that's how it was that's growing up in yeah. the 80s that's how it was you know words you know you make fun of kids whatever kids say the things to each other but it's you know you know but it's you get over it it's just words but nowadays words or words are worse than anything else it seems like for some people which is ridiculous
2: so yeah, that's crazy
1: uh, yeah. along the same lines like I also
2: fight fiercely for the people that work for me. Like I protect them uh, and I get, they. I've earned their trust in ways that they wouldn't trust a quote unquote boss because right. I always am out looking out for them. Uh, one of the, my best friends, this guy, Jeff, uh, he did trapped year three for me. He didn't want to do it. He's like, I'm only doing it Tucker because it's you and I trust you. And I said, great. Cause I'm going to make you wear a dress. And he, he, he's he's and he's he's a complete like manly sports right. guy, and he, I, he looked at the. Uh, it was a little pink dress with a little hat, and he said, "Are you nuts?" and I said, "I said Jeff, I want you to trust me. I said I'm going to make you the scariest guy in this maze. People are going to drop to the floor when they see you, and." uh Opening weekend, he wouldn't wear it. He put it in a bag, and he carried it through the park, and he would only dress right at the maze right before he went in
0: because he also
2: wore, like, you know, lipstick and rouge and everything.
0: Yep, yeah.
2: And by weekend two, he was walking through that park wearing that dress, strutting because (laughs) he was the baddest mofo on farm. And he came to me, and he said, said, I'll never die. And I said, I would never steer you wrong. I said, I am always out for you before anything, and – Making the guest the centerpiece of this, and that was for Trap Year Three. It was a, a a room that was set up to be a little girl's room, but you met him, and it was <laughs> terrifying. He, he, <laughs> boys, you said boys and berry to end the the experience, right? Right. So stay, you got your safe word. He yeah, got, yeah. The group of guys that played that character got more boys and berries than anybody in the maze. I bet.
1: And, yeah, that. And that, sometimes
2: that be... it was just because they walked in the room
1: yeah yeah wow that's that's yeah because it's so shocking and and jarring yeah that makes sense Uh, and i love that you as a manager that's how you are you know i've had a number of jobs over the years i've worked for some good managers and some bad ones and some ones we all have
2: yeah yeah i mean it's just the way it is you remember those good ones and you're like yeah
1: what a mentor well and and absolutely and one of one of the best ones i i have sadly he passed away from um from uh um uh, ALS a couple of years ago a great memorial for him because he was such a loved person and why was he one of the best managers I ever had because he guarded he took care of his people he looked yeah, out he, you have to the best managers do and the, yeah. the worst ones don't unfortunately so it's good to see you're a good manager it doesn't surprise me at all so one last thing here Jeff and and this is a question you've answered before. And if you have anything you'd like to share, great. If not, if you run out of stuff, um, that's fine. But is there any kind of advice you'd like to share with our listeners? Any pearls of wisdom?
2: Well, you know what? I, on Thursday night, I met uh, one of the Scary Farm fans and he, he couldn't even talk. He was I just, oh my God, I, I can't believe it's it's you. I'm like, it's all cool, man. I'm just a regular dude who goes up and talks crazy. It's all good, man. And when he finally relaxed, he wanted to know how to, how to get in the business. Like he's, I'm going to college. What do I do? I said, take theater classes, take, take theater production classes. You know, it's the, it's the question I get the most often is how do I do what you do? And I say, well, I, I was in the, I was a theater kid. I was in drama right. in high school. I was president of the drama club. When uh, school high school, when I graduated, I went right to college and, Start at the bottom and work my way right up to they produced my shows that I wrote at the college level. And that was like a big thing for me. And a guy came and gave a talk at the college and he said, are you doing good here? Are you like at the top of your game? And we're all like, there's a bunch of us like, yeah, yeah. We're at the top of our game. He said, then (laughs) you should leave. You should get out of here and let somebody else take over. And I was like, oh my God. And I, I, I jetted at that moment. I, a week later, I was gone. I was like, I've taken that advice. But I, yeah. I ended up taking classes at the Groundlings. Like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm the greatest improver in the world. Yeah, sure you are. I went to the Groundlings and started again, way at the bottom and had to work my way up. It takes work and perseverance. And you have to want you have to want it. And you have to work for it. It doesn't come overnight. You know, I, I, I saw the hanging in 94. Twenty years later, I get to direct it.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, but the
2: twenty yeah. years that it took for me to get here, I spent the whole time learning how to direct it. Right. So I, it's it's just a matter of work hard, persevere, keep going. You know, I just finished uh, my fifth novel, five hundred pages, and wow. when I got the proof copy in the mail, I was like, "This this took six years of my life, six right. years." Wow. But. To hold it in your hand, you just you can't believe it. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Here somewhere. It's in here somewhere. Oh, there it is. Let me get it. Like to hold my book in my hands. Wow.
1: The tomorrow machine. Nice.
2: And now it's gonna take a year to edit it. So it's not even done.
1: Right. Is that a time is that a, based on a time travel? What
2: is that about? Yeah, this is book five in my series. And uh in book four I trapped my main character in 1904. So I had to figure out how to get her home and this is how she
1: gets home. Oh, I see. Interesting. Wow. Wow. Prolific. You asked
2: how people people remember me. I want my kids to remember that dad wrote five books totaling 2,500 pages. And that one day they'll sit down and actually read them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, great advice <laughs> about always challenging yourself. And if you're not challenged, you got to find something else. That's a really yeah, good advice. Yeah, no, if yeah. We've not had that advice before. That's great. I,
2: I just read it online. A, a guy that I really trust, a guy named Kevin Gregg, who's done some shows for me. He said, if you're comfortable, get out. Because that's you shouldn't be comfortable. You should be uncomfortable and working towards comfortable.
1: Right. 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 That. Yeah. That's great that. advice. That's great advice. Yeah, I know that makes a lot of sense, though. Thank you, Jeff. That's great advice. And thank you for, again, talking all about Scary Farm, both the past and what's coming up here this year, the present and future. Thank you so much. It's going to be a great run. I look forward to seeing you in the fog, sir. Absolutely. Same.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you want to see more of us, we upload every Friday. Be sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links are in the description below. Thanks for joining us here today.